0: Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 78 and today we're going behind the story. I'm your co-host Nigel.
1: I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host.
0: And for this week's episode we are talking to cosplayer and makeup artist Gumi aka Snickerdoodle Chan which I'm sure we'll dig into the origins of that in a second. But Gumi, welcome, welcome to the show
2: so happy to be here. This is my first time getting interviewed. (laughs) So I'm a little bit nervous, but I am super happy to be here.
0: No worries. I am a bit biased, but I'd say this would be a good place to start for your first interview. That's just my Mm -hmm. opinion. So
2: (laughs) Yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, before we get into it, I want to remind people that you can subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. You can also send us feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com in our Discord or on social media. We are at myamada on Twitter, at myamada TV on Instagram, or at Tazzy on both. So, like I said, we're going to throw some questions uh, at Gumi and um, yeah, see what happens uh, for <laughs> for first interview. But I want to let people know some of the things that are coming up in the My Matter universe. We are very close. We are getting closer and closer to getting everything ready for Sirius Through the Fog. I have been saying this pretty much all year. Uh, it has taken longer than planned. I guess it always does, but this has really taken longer than I thought it would, but we are getting there. So we have our pages done. So by the time you are listening to this, the pages uh, are done. They are on the way to the printer. Uh, the next step is, yeah, just putting the book uh, together, really, and then sending them out. So once that's ready, we'll be sending out uh order orders to Kickstarter backers uh, and then to website pre-orders and then the book is just like gonna be out in the wild, which will be great because it has been over a year putting this together, and like I said, I thought it would take uh, way uh, way short time, which I really I should know better by now, but apparently I don't, but uh, we're getting there. So the book is also going to be debuting at the Thought Bubble Comic Festival, which is in November 13th and 14th. So it's the first and probably only convention uh, I will be attending uh, this year. So I'll be traveling up to uh, Harrogate in the north of the country and bringing all our manga, including the latest one, and also as well as the new book, we have other new manga. So we've been doing short stories around the Olympics and Paralympics over the summer. If you're following us on any social media, hopefully you would have seen uh, some of those. What we're going to do now is put all those together in one complete uh, PDF, most likely, and have that go out to our mailing list So and Discord as well. So if you're in a Discord, uh, if you're not in a Discord, you should be same for the mailing list and you'll get free manga, uh, all Olympics themed. So it's our kind of tribute to the Summer Olympic and Paralympic Games. So hopefully you'll be able to check that out. Over in ga- the gaming side of Myomada, we have our Studio 77 activities. So we're going to be doing a, or we have done by the time you listen to this, our story club. So it's our first goal at doing a deep dive into a single comic story. We're bringing on a couple guests. So you'll be able to hear myself, Tazzy, Greg Driver from the Ace Comicals podcast, and also Erin Angelini, colorist and illustrator, talk about scales and scoundrels. So that will be on Twitch VOD still, if my math is right, should still be available. By the time people are listening to this, And if you are a Studio 77 member, the full video will be up and available on the GamePad website whenever you want to listen to that or watch that rather past the 14-day VOD window on Twitch. Last for this, uh, at the end of this month, we have our September games night. So we have decided we are going with Overcooked, All You Can Eat, uh, which admittedly, maybe not less frantic than pokemon unite but certainly less frustrating
1: really really i feel like it's not no no less frustrating it's gonna be <laughs> much chaos
0: right, well, let me let me rephrase that so frustrating for a different reason <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um yeah uh pokemon unite was kind of frustrating that was just i don't even know what to describe that as
1: well at least with overcooked so there's going to be winners. <laughs> yes.
0: that, is, that is very good. Someone's true. gonna have a good time. <laughs> yeah, it won't be like hours of losing. So someone's gonna come out winner. So yeah, there you go. We're gonna have that. So yeah, you can watch uh watch that live on Twitch and uh, check out the highlights at some point after the event as well. A bit further out we have our autumn gamepad online event, which will be on Saturday, the 16th of October, again live on Twitch. So we are bringing The Friendly Fire eSports competition with Overcooked, that is going to be one of the games there as well. We have Rocket League and Knockout City, so we'll have teams competing there. I will be doing a round of interviews and a panel talking to new people in the industry, so junior level or entry level game developers, uh, producers, makers uh, about breaking into the industry. So if you are particularly interested in getting in the industry, uh, I wanted to know how people who have just broken in have got there, definitely keep an eye out for that. So that's all gonna be hosted by Tazzy and I'll be doing those interviews to talk about how to break into the video games industry. Uh, As always, tickets are free, they are available now and we're going to be doing a new piece of artwork to mark the event so we did a very tazzy themed artwork for our summer event uh, we've given out all those uh, canvases now got some posters to give away still but we're going to be doing a new piece of artwork for the autumn event so if you are in our discord community you can get the high-res version once that is done and one lucky ticket holder will get a printed canvas version. So definitely make sure you get your tickets at gamepad.events, get tickets, or on Eventbrite. And I can't remember that link because that's a way longer link, but search Gamepad online there. So that's all that is happening with Gamepad for now. Let's get into our guest story. <laughs>
1: As Nigel said earlier, we are joined today by Gumi, a.k.a. Snickerdoodle-chan, um, who is a cosplayer putting a unique spin on their favourite characters, which we obviously always love to see here. So yeah, hey. Hi! <laughs> this is your first interview as well, right? So, Yes. <laughs> it's my first interview we're really friendly here it's cool <laughs> yeah
0: there's no like got your gotcha questions or anything.
1: <laughs> okay Ooh, okay I was like oh my gosh <laughs> but we let's let's start from how you got started in your cosplay journey I mean you're still very relatively early on so how long have you been cosplaying and what did get you started so
2: I started cosplaying around four years ago and what got me started, so it's kind of like different things kind of got me into cosplay. So it's like many different things. So I think I created a Instagram page back in 2016, and that's before I started cosplaying. And my favorite anime at the time was Attack on Titan, and I followed a few Attack on Titan cosplayers. And um, I was just inspired by how they, you know, were able to look like these characters, and, they, and it looked really, really good. And you know, I would be like, oh, you know, I want to do that too. Like, I really want to get in the in the cosplay, but. I would feel some type of way about it because I'm like, I'm black. So I don't like look like those characters, like my skin's too dark and everything like that. So I was just kind of like discouraged because at that time, there weren't that many black cosplayers as there are now. So, but one of the people that I followed really encouraged me to get into cosplay and everything. And they were just really nice and encouraging. And that's how I kind of got really into cosplay. So I, I'm really happy for them. They were they were really, really nice. And another thing is that my friends watched this show called Voltron Legendary Defender. And it came out in I would say 2017. And one of my favorite characters from the show was Pidge. And I decided to dress up as them and posted my first picture onto Instagram. So and that's kind of how I got started.
1: And it took off from there. Oh, very interesting story. But I totally understand what you mean by, you know, there not being many black cosplayers at the time and can be really discouraging. Yeah. Uh, when you don't see people like you cosplaying when the characters don't look like you either. <laughs> right.
2: So I was just like, oh my gosh, like, should I be doing this? Or like, can I do this? So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so well done for you for just, just doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And a shout out to your friend that um, helped encourage you. They've done a yeah. good thing there. One yeah, more amazing friend. cosplayer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, a bit more about that first co- cosplay that you did. Like, what was the process of putting it together? Um, and what was the response that you got from that?
2: So, I actually bought the cosplay online because I was like really young at the time. I was probably about. 15 when I got that cosplay and so I ordered it online off of Etsy and the person who made the costume actually made it by hand and it looked really really good and wow Pidge's cosplay or her outfit is really simple, it's nothing complicated, it's really just like a sweatshirt. So I just bought that online and then I also bought the wig online and I really didn't do any styling to it or anything like that. I just kind of you know like I look back on my old cosplays now and I'm like, oh my gosh, like why did I think that looked good? (laughs) You know, but um, I, uh, yeah, that's how I got started. And then I told myself, you know, I'm going to start trying to make my own stuff. And I believe I cosplayed as Isabel, I believe, back in 2017, around that time, or 2018, 2019, I believe. I think it was 2019. And I actually went to Joanne Fabrics, if, a fabric store, and I got like some plaid green fabric and I just like made it work to the best of my ability. Like I didn't have a sewing machine. So <laughs> at that time, I just used like hot glue and yeah, hot glue and just anything I could use to put the outfit together. And I posted it on Instagram and Everyone liked it, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And I really wasn't expecting it. And I just continued trying to make my own stuff and get better from there. And I ended up purchasing my own sewing machine. And I'm not gonna lie; I feel like I'm a little bit okay at sewing. Like I'm not the best, but I'm trying to, you know, teach myself and do research and learn here and there more about sewing. So, yeah,
1: Hmm. I love cosplayers and hot glue.
2: Hot glue is magical. You can you can like make anything with hot glue. I'm serious. It's it's great.
1: <laughs> I feel like yeah. I just I just feel like there's a story for like every cosplayer I, I talk to. They always have a story with with hot glue. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Oh, it's so nice that you got such a such a good response from from like your earlier cosplays um because that obviously helped encourage you going forward yeah (laughs) and so you mentioned about like making your cosplays by hand you also do a lot of the wigs yourself right
2: yes I um I style a lot of my wigs now and it's actually really really it's kind of hard not gonna lie because and especially with the wig that I'm making now I basically have to take the whole wig apart and I have to like deweft the wig and take the hair out. And it's, like, really stressful because when you look at it, you're like, oh, my gosh, you just, you just destroyed the whole wig. And I'm like, no, I'm not done yet. I promise it's not done. But once I'm, you know, finished re-gluing everything and sewing stuff onto the wig to make it look more like the character, it looks, it looks pretty good. And the reason why I got into wig styling is because I look at some wigs and it's not exactly how the character's hair looks looks, you know? And so I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, try to replicate that with synthetic wig hair. And so um, it's been a journey. Like, of course, starting off with my first wig, it looks horrible. <laughs> it looks like trash. But you know, you got to start somewhere, right? And so um, I feel like I'm improving a lot when it comes to wig styling. And like I said, with anything else that I do with cosplay, I'm just trying to do research and learn from trial and error and everything like that so yeah I can't wait to make more wigs it's time consuming but it's it's really fun and I eventually want to do wig commissions so I can help pay for college and just fund my cosplay career
1: that's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) thanks (laughs) I love that you're already like thinking or like thinking ahead and like thinking about how you're gonna continue the hobby and fund it without stepping too far away from it it is so expensive it's not even funny so expensive (laughs) and are you and like you're also like really good at your makeup as well so you've obviously self-taught wig making self-taught sewing is makeup also something you've self-taught have you done any do you study it in school or anything
2: No, I'm self taught in literally everything like, (laughs) because, you know, I really don't have that many resources available. So and like I said, I'm not like super rich. So I kind of have to like self teach myself a lot of stuff. But my mom let me wear makeup when I turned 16. So I went to the makeup store and I got myself some makeup and I was like, you know what, I'm going to teach myself how to do makeup because it's going to take my cosplays to the next level, right? And so I just spent a lot of time on my makeup and, um, you know, just kind of like looked at other makeup artists and stuff and tried to do my makeup how it best suited my face and everything like that. And yeah, and so that's kind of how I got started in, in makeup. And I feel like now my makeup is much more better than what it was a couple of years ago, of course, but it's just... It's just always weird to look back on certain things and see how much you've improved, which is good because you, you know, you want to improve, right? But yeah, so, but makeup is, is it's really fun because there's so many looks you can do with different characters and it's just, I love it so much.
1: <laughs> That's so good and I love that you sort of adapt everything to suit you and that you've really taken that challenge on because I think it's hard when you, when you don't have something to learn from. And you sort of mm-hmm. got to find things that are kind of, like, as close as you can get and then adapt it. I think that's really a yeah. really good skill to have. Where's the name come from? We've got ask.
2: <laughs> okay, so Snickerdoodle-chan. Uh, my name was originally Pigeon XE, E-X-E or something like that on Instagram because of Pidge from Voltron, the character that I first cosplayed. But then um, I just... You know, as I started getting more into cosplay and cosplaying different characters, I really felt like that name didn't suit me anymore. So I decided to change it to Snickerdoodle-chan simply because I like Snickerdoodles. That's like my favorite cookie. And I just used the Japanese honorific chan and I just put those two together. So yeah.
1: (laughs) And uh, for us British people, what's a Snickerdoodle?
2: So a Snickerdoodle is a cookie and the cookie has cinnamon and just sugar it's like a sugar cookie with cinnamon in it
0: okay cool
1: cool yeah That's
0: a, a good question because I, I was like what is I've never seen that before
1: yeah what <laughs> <laughs> I could clarify <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm sure that will help um it was totally for our listeners and not not for me at all <laughs> yeah not for me I needed the, to know that yeah, Tazzy's
0: not <laughs> Googling this in a in a local Tesco, see if we have, have something. <laughs> right.
1: And you you do a, like a a range of cosplays, so from Genshin Impact to Jujutsu Kaisen. What are your main inspirations for picking characters? So
2: I love watching anime and just cartoons in general, and. Whenever I pick a character, I really just kind of choose a character that I vibe with and I look at their character design and I'm like, Ooh, I really like their hairstyle because then that goes into making the wig and um, the makeup and everything like that. That's why I really like cosplaying girl characters or like more feminine characters. Cause I get to do, you know, more with the wig and more, more with the makeup and everything like that. But I also like cosplaying more masculine characters too because it gives me like a challenge to, you know do more masculine makeup. So really it's just all according to how I feel and how I relate to that character and everything because then that goes into my videos and how I make those and everything like that. So yeah.
1: Nice. And do you have any characters that you keep coming back to?
2: I would have to say Isabel. I cosplay her almost every year. It's kind of like a, I would say like an anniversary for me because, yeah, I remember cosplaying her back in 2019 and then I redid her cosplay back in 2020 and then I redid her cosplay this year. And I really like how it came out this year. It looks really nice. I redid the wig and my makeup and I found this really cute shirt at this store and I just used it for Isabelle's top. Um, but yeah, it it looks really good and I'm super happy with how it came out because I worked really hard on the wig. I had to airbrush it and everything like that. And it was just, it was kind of a mess, but in the end it came
1: out really, really well. I love that you kind of have like a, a cosplay-versary. Yeah, it's <laughs> amazing. It's so cool. And obviously that's a great cosplay that you love and you keep coming back to. Do you have any other cosplay success stories? You know, if there's anything you're good at now that you had to really work at in the beginning? So like that.
2: Um, I would say that, so I don't know if y'all have heard of the anime B-Stars. But yes. I, oh, I love yes. yeah, these are yep. so good. <laughs> and I cosplayed my own version of Haru. And this was probably when I had about, I would say, 5,000 followers on Instagram. And I remembered I... Looked in my closet and I was like, okay, so what can I use that I already have in my closet to make this Haru cosplay? Because I didn't, I really didn't have any money at the time to buy like the actual uniform that they wear in the anime. So I was like, okay, I got to make this work. And so I went in my closet, got a couple of things, and I made the ears using some, you know, just some cheap fur that I found at the store. And I put that together. And I remember filming this video. You can go on my Instagram and look at it, but. I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was like a really short video segment of me just like dancing and I posted it onto Reel's on Instagram and I remember waking up the next day and I had like 10K followers and I didn't know what happened. I was just like, what? And I've never had that happen to me before and everyone really liked my interpretation of Haru and everything like that. And so, and it just felt really, really good. So I, now that I think about it, I think that's what really kicked off my whole cosplay thing. So yeah, it's just, it was crazy. I was like, whoa. Um, And I've also had a couple of videos that have gone viral like that. I would say my Isabel video recently went viral. And for me as a small content creator, like anything over like 9,000 likes or anything like that is viral to me and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like I can't believe like people like it. Like that's that's good." And it just really, you know, it makes me happy cuz that's one of the main goals that I want to have whenever I cosplay is to inspire other people to, you know, get into cosplay and just do their own thing and not do what everyone else is doing.
1: Yeah, oh, I love that. And, you know, everyone should just be posting on Reels because you never know. <laughs> it just takes oh, one no. video to go.
0: I feel like I need to get on this or get someone to get on this for me.
1: Yeah, Reels and TikTok. You just don't know which one's going to, like, you'll just get one video like, out of nowhere. And you're like, why are so many people watching it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, not to self.
1: I'm so glad you found success with that. Like you found some kind of success by posting on reels and help like that helps encourage you. That yeah. sounds Amazing. And then, it, you know, just as much as we have successes, we have failures and they're great to learn from. Is there any cosplay fail- failures that you had and what did you learn from them?
2: So, um, one thing I can think of right off the bat would probably be whenever I was learning how to dye wigs and everything like that, as far as wig making, I was trying to cosplay as Juno from B-Stars and it, and her fur color is really, really weird. So I had to kind of figure out her fur color and, you know, or and replicate that into like a wig and hair and everything like that. So I really messed it up and I ruined the wig. <laughs> And so, and like I said um, before, I really didn't have that much money. So I was like, dang, I really messed up. But that just pushed me to, you know, get a little bit better at wig dyeing and everything like that, and just figuring out color theory and stuff like that. And I wouldn't count this as a failure. It's just something that I learned while I'm in the cosplay community and while I was starting off is that being a Black cosplayer, you know, is very difficult because. You know, you have a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, this character isn't black and, you know, they throw like a racial slur at you. And it's it's really or it can be really hard to kind of persevere and just stick with cosplay for so long, especially as a black cosplayer, because it does um, take a toll on your mental health just seeing those comments and everything like that. And, you know, I just had to learn, you know, as I got more into cosplay to not let those, you know, comments just bother me because like, I don't know that person, they don't know me. So (laughs) like, it really doesn't matter. And so I just kind of had to learn from that and just become more mentally strong and everything like that. So, um, but it's been a journey. I, I have been through some really weird stuff where I've just gotten hate on some of my cosplays for no reason. And it did take a toll on my mental health. But at the same time, like I said, I learned from it. Um, I kind of learned how people were on the internet and just people in general. And I just learned from it and applied that to other life lessons.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry that you had to experience that. Oh, no, it's nice. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people listening that can probably relate. So it's always nice to sort of, you know, there's empowerment within um, hearing each other's stories. But, yeah, you, you learned from it. You grew from it. Is there any sort of things that you done or do to sort of like help your mental health?
2: I would always recommend people taking breaks from social media, whether if you do cosplay or you dance or you do anything on social media. I feel like it's just very important to take mental breaks and just breaks in general because you get so sucked into the world of social media. You just you just don't realize how. Much it takes over your life, or how much you implement it in your daily life. So um whenever I'm like feeling some type of way about my work, or like my cosplays, or I'm like comparing myself to other people, I'm just like, you know what? Let me just let me just log off. Let me just turn my phone off and focus on you know other stuff right now. And that's kind of how I you know just take breaks when I need to. And I used to go on social media and be like, hey, and or like make an announcement and be like, hey, you know, I'm gonna be gone for this amount of time but now i just get up and like leave because i like my mental health matters more than anything it matters more than cosplay i'm putting out content so yeah i just wish more people would prioritize mental health when it comes to uh social media because it can be very mentally draining emotionally draining and even physically draining
1: yeah definitely definitely Great tips there. So obviously we've had this whole pandemic thing. And um how has that changed cosplaying for you? Uh were you doing more or less or the same amount of cosplays? How did it affect you?
2: I feel like I did more cosplays, but you know, for me, I actually was in school during the time COVID hit and it was before no it was after spring break for me and um I remember I was getting ready to go to Louisiana for a school field trip for my jazz band because I you know was in a jazz band I played the alto saxophone and I was first chair and we were getting ready to go on a trip and the night before we were getting ready to go I went to the store and, you know, just, you know, getting ready. And I got a notification on my phone saying that it was canceled. And at that time, you know, uh, I didn't, no one knew what was going on, but then we learned, you know, about COVID and we had to, um, quarantine and all that. And so, but then I had to like still focus on school. So it was like really hard kind of trying to implement cosplay and, you know, just school and everything like that. And, But I feel like during the summer, I cosplayed more um, and it just gave me a chance to just kind of explore makeup and my cosplay style and everything like that and just do more research in between all that time. And so, yeah, I just kind of had to learn how to manage that. And it it was a lot. And there were some days that I like didn't cosplay for like a couple of weeks and I would feel like really bad because I'm like, oh, my God, look, I got to get content out. Like there's this stress of like having to have content out or like just have content just like laying there you know so you won't so I guess like people won't forget about you I guess which sounds kind of like weird because it's kind of like who cares but at the same time you secretly care right so but yeah I just kind of had to learn how to manage
1: that. Uh, Was there anything like um, in terms of making your cosplays and stuff that that sort of affected?
2: like affected by like COVID and just quarantine and everything like that.
1: Yeah like did it change how you went about making any of your costumes or was it relatively unaffected?
2: I feel like it it was affected in the sense that I kind of had to you know just kind of be a little bit more smarter about how I made certain stuff And just like, you know, because like I said, I usually do closet cosplay. So I just go in my closet and find some things that I can, you know, use to make my cosplays and everything like that. And I felt like I focused more on learning how to sew and learning how to, you know, just do different things to up my skill level. And, um, you know, just trying to focus on getting better because, you know, with cosplay, there's always things you can improve on. And so that's what I was trying to focus on doing because like I said I'm not the best sewer out there and everything like that so I spent a lot of time on my you know sewing machine and because I wasn't really using it before I was just kind of sitting there collecting dust and so I was just you know using that and um, yeah just trying to see what I could do to um, perfect my craft.
1: Sounds like a good use of your time.
2: (laughs) Yeah and right because there was like nothing to do so I'm like well Guess I'll cosplay. Guess I'll learn how to sell some stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And how have you made use of online platforms to spread your cosplay, like different social media and things? Is there anything that's worked really well for you?
2: So I feel like... I spend my most time on Instagram. That's like my main platform. I've been thinking about getting into YouTube. I really want to invest in a really good camera, but cameras are really expensive. So I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to use my phone. Um, I just have to kind of figure out what I want to do on my YouTube channel and everything like that. And I didn't get TikTok until like really recently just because I really wasn't into TikTok. You know, I just kind of was like, oh, okay. I would go on there occasionally and I think the beginning of this year, I think it was that whole thing where TikTok was gonna get shut down and everything like that. And I was like, oh, okay, I just wanna, you know, just make an account at the last minute and just, you know, give it a shot, give it a try. And, you know, i just been kind of, you know, posting videos here and there and nothing has really gone really viral. Um, I would say the only viral thing on my TikTok has been my um, Kaya cosplay from Genshin Impact. A lot of people liked that. I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting that. But um, I would say Instagram and then TikTok is my main platforms. And as far as Twitter, I posted, because Twitter is really weird. I really don't care for Twitter compared to all the other platforms, but I decided to post my Miruko cosplay from My Hero Academia and it did really well a lot of people liked it so yeah I was like oh okay but I really don't post that much on Twitter unless if I you know just want to but yeah as far as like platforms it can be a little bit tricky because some things work here and then some things don't work on this platform so you kind of have to just you know just try and see if you'll get lucky really because algorithms are really weird and frustrating
1: definitely. Uh, I always tell people just do what you love and don't like think 20% of algorithms and like 80% of just doing what you want to do. because right, that's going to change.
2: Think... <laughs> yeah. Cause I think people are so focused on like, Oh my God, like the algorithm, I hate the algorithm. Like I got to figure out what I can do. And like, I get it, you know, mm, but definitely. at the same time, yeah, you can't get so, you know, focused on the algorithm to the point where you don't, you know, like your craft anymore, you know?
1: Mm, couldn't agree more. <laughs> Definitely. And you use, um, Kofi, I don't know how to say this site, Kofi. I don't know either. It's yeah. Kofi,
2: Kofi, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how have you, have you found much success on that? How have you been finding using that?
2: Um, so a little bit of like backstory on Kofi, Kofi, whatever. Basically the website is used to help with, you know, kind of like an income thing or like a use of, you know, people just like giving content creators money to um, help fund their, you know, careers and everything like that or support them. And so, um, Kofi for me really hasn't, it's been okay. The only thing that I'm trying to see, because I, you know, and you can post goals on there. For example, you can post like, oh, you know, I'm trying to fund this goal for my, for this cosplay and some people, you know, will see it and some people can donate however much money they want to. And the only person that's donated to my Kofi, it was like $50 and I was like, oh, okay. So, but other than that, I haven't really gotten um, that much money from off of Kofi so it's kind of like not guaranteed and I feel sometimes I feel like really annoying if I keep posting it on my story because I don't want to seem like I'm begging for money you know Mm. so um but yeah I just it's just kind of like there if anyone wants to donate to it no one's obligated to you know I'm just you know throwing it out there if anyone wants to you know just to help me out as a you know cosplay as a cosplayer because cosplay is very expensive so
0: I find that a lot with. Content creators, whatever the content is, and then the like monetization platforms, because it's kind of a weird balance. So if you then have to become your own marketer, and mm. then you have to be—we yeah. well, don't have to be—but then there's that. It feels like there's that pressure to, hey, you can donate, you can donate, but then you don't want to do that all the time because, like you say, you don't want to annoy people. And I feel like people are trying to find the balance because I had the similar conversation with someone uh, just the other week about what's the balance between letting people know there's a way to sort of support financially and not overdoing it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a tough one. Uh, I kind of, I, I think we've all been there. <laughs> we make content, yeah. we've, we've all been there. And um, I think there was a point when, actually I've realised this a few times, but I think I've only just sort of in the past few months actually taken it on board to apply it to just everything uh, where you sort of like ask for money for doing the thing that people enjoy you doing (laughs) and it's that you're probably not posting it enough yeah okay people really don't know about it like I posted yeah. my merch the other day and I had several people be like, oh, I really love your new merch. I was like, I've had my merch for like a y- year now and I feel like I
0: post <laughs> about it
1: all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like, am I doing this too much? Like, I don't want to seem like, um. yay. Yeah, so I totally, I totally get it.
0: I'll add to that. Because if you if you think about, so two things. One, uh, remember that like you as the creator and things, you see 100% of your posts mm. and you just mentioned algorithms. And because of that, most people see like I mean it depends on platform, but you know like ten percent, and yeah. uh, and that's and that's good. So you think you're like oh I'm doing this again and again, uh, whereas people are missing it. And then second Tazzy's point about just like if you think it's too much, it's probably way under. <laughs> the amount. Just think of like okay. like Coca Cola coke hasn't changed like it's the same thing from whatever yep, we <laughs> well we I mean, got the same they, Christmas they,
1: van <laughs> it's the
0: same thing same I mean at one point they literally had cocaine in it but so it's a family show anyway but the product is the same and think about how much marketing they do just to let people know of the same product that hasn't changed so
1: yeah I mean look at the the situation when um was it ronaldo oh yeah so ronaldo yeah away and yeah. like dropped their the share price their and massively
0: so, so yeah it, it's uh, even like the the massive companies are wanting to put millions and millions into getting the word out so mm. yeah at, at this level you can you can probably stand to at least do the same amount that you're doing uh probably more and you'll be okay
2: Good way to think of it because I be thinking I'd be doing too much and I'm like, ooh, so but that helps.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like if you think about like marketing is the one area that did not suffer during the pandemic. In fact, it like went up. The marketing marketing industry had more work. So it's like marketing is big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's what you're doing essentially is marketing yourself. I think mm-hmm. it's just a lot in how you say it. You know, difference. please give me money and uh, yeah. I am making this amazing content. If you want to help out, then uh, here's how you can do it. If you do so, wish, want to. <laughs> yeah.
2: So it's like you kind of have to be your own marketer and then you got to make this and figure out how to. So it's just a lot of moving parts when it comes to just being a content creator in general. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But at least you have seen something i mean someone gave you 50 50 50 dollars so i feel right. like that.
2: right and i'm grateful i'm not ungrateful i was super happy i'm like i'm blessed like thank you
1: <laughs> like big big props like when you've got someone that supports you that much it's it honestly makes you feel on top of the world because i have a supporter like that and i just when i'm feeling down they're always there and i'm like thank you for being like thank you for believing in me so much <laughs> It's so nice. So keep at it. Keep keep pushing it. Everyone go go on to Kofi. I think it's Kofi.com slash Snickerdoodlechan. Is that right? Yeah.
2: yeah, my um link like for a snickerdoodle it has three O's instead of two O's. <laughs> so like, keep that in mind because something went weird with the link. So because I, I created an old Kofi, but then I ended up having to delete it, and then I had to make another one. So it has three O's instead of two for snickerdoodle.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've all been there as well. <laughs> we will put the link in the uh, show notes in the description um, wherever you're. Listening, um, because definitely go go support because I believe in supporting content creators, not bias. <laughs> have you had any negative responses from your cosplay?
2: Yes. So, um, like I said, I you know as a black cosplayer, I feel like it's very hard, to, you know, just to be in the cosplay community, and we have to work a hundred times and even a thousand times more harder Mm. compared to white cosplayers or fair skin cosplayers just because of how we look and some days you know it really hurts but like I said I try not to let the comments get to me but sometimes it hurts because it's like I can't change anything about my skin tone and even if I did my you know my blackness is still embedded in my DNA so there's nothing I can do about it so yeah it just yeah but um I I'm trying to see I'm trying to look for an example um but there was this one time I cosplayed as Suyu from My Hero Academia and I posted a I posted it on Instagram it was a reel and it it blew up it got you know it went viral I think it got like 216,000 views and I was like what and I just got a lot of comments saying like oh this is cringe this is blah 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 and it was just like it was just a harmless little video like it it I don't understand why people got so butthurt about it. (laughs) And um, yeah, I just got like a lot of hate from that. And I I had to eventually like turn off the comments because I was just like, look, like I I just don't have time for this. Like I'm trying to be in a good headspace right now. So people couldn't couldn't behave. So I had to turn the comments off. And that was like the first time I had to do that. So, and it is what it is, like I said, but um, it's funny how people get so triggered over a harmless video when you can literally just like block you can keep scrolling like there's no need to just comment that you know what I mean so and it's okay you don't have to like it but just like writing a whole essay about how you don't like it and everything like that is really unnecessary in my opinion and of course there's like been other weird instances where I've painted my skin in a fictional uh, as like a fictional skin tone like pink and people have, like, came to me and said that I was, like, race-facing when I'm not. It's literally a fictional skin tone. Like, pink skin doesn't exist. Green skin doesn't exist, like, in real life. So I was, like, really confused as to why I was getting hate. And it was simply because, you know, I was black. And um and backstory on that, I was cosplaying as Draculaura from Monster High. And she has, like, pink skin. And so, um yeah, a lot of people thought I was, like... I don't know, race facing or like white facing when white facing literally has no cultural significance at all, like compared to like black facing, which is actually a real thing and an issue that still exists in today's society. And people were just trying to make me look bad. And it, it, I felt like out of all the experiences, that one hit me hard the most because I was like super close to just dropping cosplay altogether because that was a mess. But um, and it that whole, you know, race facing and like pe- people accusing black content creators of, you know, like white facing and just weird stuff like that has ha- also happened to a lot of other black content creators and cosplayers. So it's it's a really weird. It's I don't know what that's about. But so I, and I haven't done a like a face paint cosplay in a while just because I've been kind of turned off by the fact of all that and I just don't really want to deal with that. Like ugh. So um. But I, you know I might pick that back up, but so it's just kind of, it might be inevitable, like people are just gonna be how they are, so yeah, but like I said, I try not to let them get to me, or a lot of black people who want to get into cosplay are like, oh, you know, I really want to get into it, you inspire me a lot, but you know, I'm, I don't think I want to do it, or I'm scared to because of the negative feedback from these people, because, you know, I'm black, and you know, I always try to tell them, you know, don't let people on the internet Scare you from you know doing something and that's in real life too like don't let people get to you because you never know what opportunities it might open up for you you might be the next big thing like you never know so just give it a try life is short just do what makes you happy because that's all that matters at the end
1: yeah some really great stuff there and like you said I don't understand like Either why people don't just scroll past or block or just ignore things that they don't enjoy like
2: (laughs) guys like come on
1: (laughs) these these things like you don't have you don't have to why are you putting your in there
2: yeah so I feel like when people do that it just whenever people just spread hate in general it just like valid they feel like when they do that it validates themselves because they feel crappy or they're having Mm. a bad day so they tend to fuel their negative energy by trying to put it onto someone else to make them feel bad and so it's just kind of like a big phenomenon on the internet the internet's really weird so it is what it is but yeah so i'm just like dude it's not hard like just just keep scrolling but the fact that you're entertaining me and that you're commenting on my stuff, you're just boosting my engagement. So keep on, keep on
1: at it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're helping the algorithms. <laughs> you should just message people that when they comment, just copy and paste. Thanks for boosting the algorithm. Right.
2: <laughs> so I just yeah. look at it like that and move on about my day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, and like you said as well about, um, especially people who are black getting, in, getting into cosplay, and you know, just do it is the best advice. You know, I feel like a lot of things are hard as of as someone who is black or when you are in a minority, it is hard. <laughs> it's always gonna be hard. Everything you do is gonna be hard. Um, that won't change. Uh but the more of us that sort of engage in these things, the more of us are encouraged to. And I feel like a lot a lot of times it does come up about, you know, being a black cosplayer and having to face racism, like stupid stuff like you know that character isn't black and you're like they're not white either Uh.
2: they don't exist like why are you so pressed about it why are you so mad
1: but yeah I feel like there's equally you know that stuff is there and it really does hurt when you see it like it hurts me when I see it on other people's cosplays like I'm so frustrated for them but there's also a lot of support and when you do get the support it's like 10 times more impactful
2: <laughs> right and so a- as humans I feel like we tend to focus on the negative comments but in all actuality there's always been more positive comments than the you know rude or weird and the mean ones right so I just try to always think about that and that's just always helped my mentality with like the comment
1: section and I just try not to even let it bother me you know Definitely and um so let's go into like some of your future plans and goals so one of your goals on your Kofi is or whatever Kofi, whatever we're called it is a uh, sakura's cosplay for genshin from the genshin impact series right
2: yeah um i'm thinking of updating it because i pretty much have everything from there um but yeah, like I said, um, no one's obligated to donate to it. If someone does end up donating to it, I'm probably going to use it for my next Genshin cosplay, which will probably be Ganyu or um, Rosaria. So, um, And like I said, I make all these cosplays by hand, so it just really helps me a lot just you know, for people to just help out, you know, because I do this by hand, you know, it just supports me. So, um, yeah, but as far as, like, my Sucrose cosplay, I actually went to the fabric store and I got, like, all my sewing supplies. I got some new sewing supplies and everything like that because even though I'm, like, a cosplay content creator, whatever you want to call it, um, I also work. So that's how I'm also able to, like, support myself (laughs) as a cosplayer because, like I said... You know, money isn't just getting handed to me for free. Like, I have to, you know, get a job and work for it, even though I'm doing cosplay on the side. You know, it's just a hobby. Hopefully, one day, you know, it does become a full-time thing. But, you know, for now, I have to be proactive and, you know, work and find ways I can make money and stuff. And especially with college on the table, like, I, I, I especially have to, like, you know figure out how I have to you know fund myself before anyone else right so but yeah the co-fi is just there just to you know support me and everything like that so no one's obligated but yeah
1: (laughs) what drew you to cosplay characters from Genshin Impact in particular
2: so I just really liked the character designs of Genshin like they're really like complicated but I just like how they look they're just so aesthetically pleasing and so I'm like you know I think I really want to you know cosplay from Genshin even though the outfits and the costumes look a little bit intimidating and they're super expensive on Amazon you know I'm just gonna try to give it a shot and you know make my own you know cosplays and everything like that so yeah
1: <laughs> oh yeah no, I totally get you I think the Genshin Impact characters and their costumes are like so good
2: yeah they're so they're so extra <laughs> but they're like really nice
1: yeah and do you do you play a lot of Genshin Impact
2: yes I do I recently downloaded the game a week ago and I've been playing it non-stop to the point where I have to turn off my phone because it's distracting me and I like I found myself playing it in class like when I was like at school and I was like oh no like this cannot become a habit it's just so good <laughs> I can't help it it's good it's a good game
1: Oh. <sighs> yeah (laughs) and so we like to ask everyone this question who is a cosplayer but if you if time money and patience were no object what would be your ultimate dream cosplay
2: i would say um i'm trying to think of the character's name um. Oh. Okay. So I would say because I'm not really good with foam work that much, and as far as like making armor and stuff like that, but I would love to cosplay as um Fran from Final Fantasy. I think, bro, I would look so pretty. Like I just imagine myself. Like I just it's gonna look so good and plus I get to make the wig like I feel like I would have so much fun just making making it and everything like that but like you said with like time and patience and money and everything like that I'm just like oh my gosh like I don't even know where to start
1: I mean you started somewhere with all your other cosplays right.
2: <laughs> I guess I have to just give it a shot and just do it <laughs>
1: But no, I totally get like armor, armor like always looks so cool. And I've got like a friend who's really good with like armor stuff. Like I'm like, how, how you make look so good? (laughs)
2: Give me your ways, (laughs) like give me your magic. Like,
1: (laughs) oh, some people are just so impressive. But I feel like everyone sort of has their skill that they're yeah particularly good at. And so yeah. And have you cosplayed at any conventions and? Are there any that you plan to go to uh, when that is possible, where you are?
2: Um, So the first convention that I went to was Anime Fest back in 2018, and I cosplayed as Pidge Gunderson from Voltron. And that was really the only convention that I went to because, um, like I said, conventions are really expensive. But I feel like with COVID and everything like that, it's been, like, hard, especially for me, to go to conventions because I have asthma. So I'm, like, really high risk when it comes to COVID and everything like that. So I have to be careful, like, when going to public functions like that, especially at conventions when there's a bunch of people. And even though they're, like, people are wearing their masks for the most part, I still don't really feel comfortable going to any just yet. So, but... Like, of course, there's a bunch of conventions that I would like to go to, but really none at this moment. If a convention has like a virtual thing going on, then maybe I might
1: attend. But yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. That is understandable. We like to ask our guests, to give a piece of advice for aspiring creative professionals and obviously today we're talking cosplay so what advice do you have for our listeners um, who may want to get started with cosplay, in costume making and makeup Oh
2: my God, I love this question so much. I get asked this all the time. And really, like I said before, cosplay is a really expensive hobby. So if you want to, you know, kind of get started, I would recommend going to thrift stores and kind of trying to, you know, find different clothes to put the outfit together um, with the character that you're trying to cosplay because a lot of thrift store clothes are super cheap. So I totally recommend that, you know, or like just any clothing store, just in general, So yeah, I recommend that. Or like I said, you can go to like with the sewing route and make your own clothes by sewing them and maybe investing in a sewing machine, you know, just kind of get started on that or start uh, making your own stuff that way. If you want to get into wig making and making your own wigs and stuff like that, like I do, I totally recommend investing in a hair crimper and a hair crimper what that does is that it basically makes the wig fibers of the hair like super fluffy and you're able to you know create shapes with the hair and everything like that and it's just a really cool process if you're into that I know some people don't like like fooling with wigs like that but if you're interested hair crimper is the route to go um and also got to be glued hairspray it comes in a yellow can you can get that too
1: not to be confused with gorilla glue
2: yeah not to be yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to be confused with gorilla glue oh my gosh please no <laughs> um but yeah and there's this quote that my band teacher would tell us I don't know where it's from but he would post it on our hallway and it's everyone wants to be great until it's time to do what greatness requires and so I feel like when it comes to cosplay, everybody wants to be famous and everybody, or not everyone, but, you know, for the most part, you know, people, you know, look up to these very popular cosplayers and they're like, oh my God, I want that to be me. You know, I want to be famous too. You know, I want to get recognized for doing whatever. And with that being said, that requires a lot of work and perseverance. And, that, and there's going to be times where you feel like you you know aren't getting anywhere or that you're not improving. And so you like I said you just have to have a lot of perseverance and just keep trying and just support yourself with other cosplayers who are just, you know, doing the same things that you're doing, you know, or or not, you can just kind of just focus on yourself and everything like that. Because I feel like especially with younger people who do want to get into cosplay, they they really focus on like the following when that's really not what cosplay is about, right? Like it's about, you know, just doing what makes you happy and just, you know, cosplaying characters that you you like, right? And the, the followers and the likes come last, right? So yeah, I just just try not to get super focused on that. But and there's nothing wrong with being focused on it. But, you know, you don't want that to take up all of your, you know, uh, interest in cosplay. Right. So, yeah. Um, and like I said, just do you like just do what makes you happy. Don't try to do what everyone else is doing, you know, because um, usually most of the time when you kind of stick out or you're, you look, you're unique and your cosplay or your content looks unique, more people are going to be drawn to it. Right. You, you know, cause you know, what, what good does it make for cosplay? If everyone looks the same, right? You, you know, you want to, you want to stand out. So that's one of the aspects that I love about cosplay so, that there are so many people who, you know, can wear the same costume or put their own spin on something and it looked totally different, but you can still you know be like, oh, you know, is that this character? Or I know who that character is, right? So it's just really cool. So just do you, keep your head up, find different ways you can thrift and just find ways you can save money and everything like that. And just most importantly, just have fun and keep at it. You don't know what um, opportunities it might lead you to. Cosplay is super fun. So yeah. <laughs>
1: I think there was a lot of great advice in there and some advice that's like a lot of people don't learn till they're a lot older (laughs) so and I love that quote from your your was it your band teacher
2: yes Mm -hmm.
1: that's that's a a great quote Uh, and I couldn't agree more with like do you the powering like just doing your own thing is phenomenal you like you are the only you there is, <laughs> and you know, letting your uniqueness shine uh, is what will really push you above and beyond in life. It's great life advice as well, right?
2: <laughs> See, it can be applied to anywhere, and even if you don't cosplay, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah, so this is the part of the interview where we throw in some follow-up questions, or even just random questions that don't fit anywhere else. So my first one, it's pretty easy. Uh, You mentioned Voltron. Just how good is Voltron, right?
2: So Voltron, okay, so it's a whole roller coaster. So yeah, um, Voltron Legendary Defender is... So there's, I think, two versions of Voltron. The old Voltron that came out like back in the... I don't know when, it's old. And then the newer version that we have now, which came out in I believe 2016, 2017, um, which is Voltron Legendary Defender. And it aired on Netflix. It's like a Netflix series. And it's a good series. I would say the first couple of seasons are really good. But as you get towards the end, it gets a little weird because the writing is weird. And um, there's like new writers. I believe and the whole series just kind of uh, I don't know and I can't really say because my friends and I were, were like so frustrated with like how the fans were acting which was taking apart
0: like Yeah, I did hear about some of that.
2: Yeah, with the writing and everything like that. And so we just kind of stopped watching it. So I really can't tell you how it ended or anything like that and plus. To be spoilers. I will,
0: yeah, I will not say. I've seen. Uh, I've seen all of it. I. I enjoyed it. I didn't see hear about the controversy and like fan reactions and stuff until after uh, I'd watched yeah. all of it, which is for the, uh, for the best. But yeah, I did. I did really enjoy that show. It's really cool and uh, cool that that got you into cosplaying initially. Um, mm-hmm. Before we started recording, you were talking about studying animation uh, with a view for being in the games industry. So wondering apart from i mean we talked about uh genshin impact uh do you have any like particular favorite games
2: so i would say um besides genshin impact um animal crossing is one of my favorite video games and i don't know if you guys have heard of this video game but it's called viva pinata and it came out yeah um because i think the studio rare is based in the uk if i'm i think i think yeah. like rare yeah so um i played that game a lot when i was little and it's just like a really fun game and so i would say those are like my top three. Oh, and also i like to play like mario games and like super mario 3d world like any any game like that like any like cutesy fun game yeah
0: i was gonna say that's quite a, a happy uh cute list of games you've got
2: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> But I also play Mortal
0: Kombat too, so okay, just to balance it out, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. That makes sense. You got to balance out the the cuteness through just like the other end of the scale and just go and literally rip someone's spine out of the body. Uh, I get the logic. <laughs> I get the logic. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Viva Pinata is an interesting one because that's a that's not a new game. That's like, and it's not even like I can't remember when that came out, but that's a very. I feel like that's a very specific one. Is there any oh, reason why you looking- got?
1: 2010 or something did it come out I feel like I feel like
0: it was earlier
1: maybe earlier yeah Yeah. Yeah, so the first game
2: Viva Pinata came out I believe in 20 or 2000 I would say 7 and then they made a sequel called Viva Pinata Trouble in Paradise which is the one I like the most because there's more stuff to do and I think it came out more in 2010 like you said
0: all right I learned uh, a bit more about Viva Pinata than I did before the start of this interview (laughs) that's cool and uh, the other thing actually I wanted to, uh, I was interested in is you talked about being in a in a band, in a jazz band. And just what instrument did you play again?
2: I played the alto saxophone and the soprano saxophone.
0: Okay. So my question is, uh, what's the difference between those? Let's <laughs> just uh, pretend I know nothing about everything you just said.
2: Yeah, so the alto saxophone is in the key of E flat and if you look, if you compare the Alto saxophone and the soprano, you can kind of tell the like the difference of the shape. So the alto, like I said, it's in the key of E flat. It's a it's like a it's lower compared to the soprano, which the soprano is in the key of B flat and it's more higher pitched and um the soprano kind of like sticks straight up it kind of looks like a clarinet but not really and the alto kind of has like the neck is like of the instrument is like bent so it kind of looks like a right angle and then the bell kind of like curves up i'm trying to like describe it to the yes. best of my sorry. <laughs> but yeah so it's just all in the sound and the appearance that's the only difference all
0: oh, right that's pretty cool um do you have any tips on like any jazz player's that we should look out for.
2: Uh as far as like recommendations, I really look up to Charlie Parker. Like I love his playing style and everything like that. I actually um purchased a omnibook which basically has all his songs and stuff in it and I um I don't have my saxophone right now because I have to give it back to my school my high school but um at that time i used to like just you know go through the book and play some of his songs and stuff like that so i really recommend his music and yeah i'm trying to think of some other jazz musicians my band teacher would be so disappointed right? <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> He'd be like seriously <laughs> um, that's cool <laughs>
0: or you got one that's cool I was um uh, I can't play an instrument but I kind of I wish I could and uh yeah jazz always sounds really cool whenever uh, I do listen to it so I will check that out
2: yeah it's it's really nice a lot of people don't like jazz because they're like oh it's just a bunch of dead guys playing music and they they don't want anything to do with it but it's really nice and plus there's like fusion jazz so there's like pop music and like jazz like so it's really nice. There's like a whole world of jazz you can get into.
0: All right, I'm gonna start with Charlie Parker and then see where that leads me. um Spotify will sort me out because once you put in one thing, it just says like, "Here's all the other people that you mm-hmm. um, know you like." So I'll do that. My final question is: uh, How was your first interview?
2: My first interview was better than what I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> I really had fun. Like I said, I was re- I was kind of nervous, not gonna lie, at first, but. I, I had fun answering questions like I said this is my first time getting an interview on something that I'm like really passionate about which is cosplay so I'm just super excited that and happy that I am able to experience this and have this opportunity and I can brag about it to my friends <laughs> and everything like that like, <laughs> so yeah
0: all right yeah that, that's always a good thing like you can brag to your friends about it so yeah I'm I'm happy with that so uh, it's also the trick to our podcast interviews is ask people questions about the things they're passionate about. Uh, it makes it really easy. So thank you for joining us, Scoomy.
2: Yeah, no problem. Like I said, I'm super happy that I was able to be here. <laughs>
0: and uh, yeah, we are happy that you joined us. Uh, like I say, we like talking to people at whatever stage uh, of their thing, uh, the app, like cosplay or video games or whatever it might be, and just yeah, hearing more about how they started and what they do. So we hope People listening have enjoyed this episode of Story X Story. Uh, If you did and you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can check out our other cosplay interviews and our other types of interviews and episodes. You can also give us a rating uh, and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions. Speaking of, uh, we mentioned self-promotion, so let me do a bit of that right now. So I mentioned our next manga, Serious Through the Fog, which is now in print by the time you're listening to this. Well, going to print, uh, there's still a bit of a delay there. But our latest manga is coming, and you can pre-order myamada.com forward slash manga. It has been a long time coming, well, longer than I expected, but it is finally here. You can also check out our other stories from the Myamada universe at the same link uh, and they are all there. And if you are into video games you can join our Gamepad Discord and also consider becoming a Studio 77 member. You get exclusive access to Gamepad events, uh stuff that we've got coming up that we can't yet speak about and content from the Matter universe. You also get recordings of all the live streams way after they disappear from Twitch VOD. And our next Gamepad online event is October 16th also on Twitch is free and you can get your tickets at gamepad.events. Stay tuned for more podcast episodes including creator interviews, video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture and you can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at myamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is feedback is forward slash story x story and until next time stay safe we'll see you later Uh, And I'm going to clip Gumi's uh, recommendation and plaster that on social media. Take care, everyone.